Hi, this is Lowell Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. And this is Budgie, co-founder of The Creatures, drummer with The Slits, and Susie and the Banshees. Welcome to Curious Creatures. Life after punk. You may think you know the territory, but we drew the map. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. It's time for Curious Questions. So this question is, uh, and you can tell what he's going to ask from his email. And I won't give you the whole email because, you know, we don't give away people's you know, details on here. Right, right. But, um, A wise move. Yeah. His, his email has the word drummer in it. So we know where, what his question is going to be about. Anyway, his name is Addy Wood. I know um, Addy Wood. I know him. Really? Well, I know somebody called Addy. Might not be Addy Wood. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, now you know Addy Wood because yeah. we're going to talk to him. We will do. Yeah. yeah. So Addy Wood asks, you've both mentioned having your own rudiments rather than the 40 classic rudiments. Could you tell me, please, what yours are? <laughs> you <Yeah>. may laugh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I am. <laughs> uh, rudiment number one, uh, make sure your seat is well and truly screwed down to the floor. Uh, we don't want any accidents. Right. Um, but let's just go down to the rudiment rudiments we have. Um, let me think. One of them I really love. Uh, I don't know why. I, I always wanted flams. Flams right. I can do. I know what right. a flam is. A flam is yeah. when you put one stick or one part, one beat, quickly followed by a, a second. Right. Ba-bum, ba-bum, blum, blum. And I, I picked that rudiment up off, um, off the, um, the film Zulu, starring Michael Caine as the British um, grenadier guard, mm. surrounded by um, native countrymen of the particular uh, region of... Africa, which he found himself in, which is rather sticky as he was surrounded and maybe not long for this, um, uh, this maybe slipping off this mortal coil quite soon, right. to the sound of many, many uh, warriors flamming right. the f- spears on the shields. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that bit. Yes, yes. And this was like, a, this was more like a, a zipper, you know, like rather than a flam, it's more like a, yeah. uh, if you imagine lightning as it kind of crackles across the sky. Right. It goes, right. which is another rudiment I'd like to come to later. Right. But it was uh, spears on shields, which went, boom, boom, boom. And I thought, how can you drum that? And so I'd start with a bass drum, floor tom, snare and it's like kind of and it's just a th- and just i just carried on trying to do it and make it better right i don't know if that's what rudiments are really yeah, it you sounds, s- you know. sounds like it to me i mean for me my my first introduction to the idea of rudiments was the f- first time i i borrowed the snare drum from school and took it home and i had it in my bedroom on its stand and i was like okay well what do I do? So I, I went to the library, which was my go-to source for anything, you know, and I found Buddy Rich's book of snare drum rudiments, which I got and took out 
And uh, I've kind of looked at that the whole of my drumming career, but I could never really play exactly what he has in there, you know, like because they are the, the, the 40 rudiments. So it would become my version of what I thought sounded good. And, you know, I'd, I'd start off learning all the, the paradiddles and stuff, but uh, it was more, it was more the flavor of it that I always took on. And um, then I started to go for drum lessons with uh, an old jazz drummer, Andy McBride. And uh, well, he wasn't old when I went to him. He was just <laughs> me, but perhaps a little older, but, um, and, you know, I got the idea of uh, triplets. So I would always practice doing little triplets on things. And uh, the Charlie Watts, uh, you know, affectation when playing the hi-hat. Mm, always yep. lift on. Because that seemed to me, I mean, a lot of it seemed to me like to be not, not necessarily common sense, but would help me make it as loud as possible. You know, and it seemed to me, well, if my right hand was crossed over my left hand, constantly i was never going to be able to lift my left hand up high enough to strike the snare loud enough to get the and actually this is where you came into it because i always remember us having this conversation in 1979 mm. you're saying the harder you hit the drums the better the tone right and i was like okay so that's when we look at rudiments and i mean it doesn't mean you can't learn things because like 40 years on i only recently really learned how to do that old 16s on the hi-hat thing with your two hands uh, because I couldn't really do it before because I would always start off on my right hand and think, oh, shoot, I can't, I don't know where to put, where's the snare go? Where's the snare go? I can't, can't put it in. And then I started on my left hand. Uh, and I mean, I'm not, I'm sure there are many drummers falling over off their, off their thrones right now, you know, and uh, killing themselves with laughter, but I couldn't figure out where the snare went and f- took me 40 years to figure that. <laughs> As you're talking, I'm, I'm on my knees practicing all the things you're talking about that I went, Ooh, triplets. Can I still, can I do a triplet? Oh yes. And then if I did four, that's what, like that kind of so there's, I love that little quarter four stroke. Yes. Little. Right. But there was always the rolls. I always remember hearing those drummers from, uh, I don't know, let's talk about a couple of drummers like, um, Clive Bunker with Jethro Tull back in the 70s. Yeah. And they'd always have, if there's a live album, there'd be a drum solo on it. Right. And they always did that thing because two two bass drums were just like, everybody had two bass drums. And right. they'd go, boom, 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 and I just thought, well, it was kind of impressive the first time you heard it. Then it was like, well, I think I'll just skip to the next track now because <laughs> it went on a bit. But I always fascinated about rolls, snare drum rolls, and how people made them buzz like, like as if it was like, like a butterf- a butterfly on your drum going. I mean, it's pretty impressive stuff. It didn't impress me too much, but I found a way of mimicking it. Right. Just by right. by doing prep, some kind of press role. But I always did like sort of live in fear of being in, in a session or somewhere <laughs> where I was asked to do, could you do me a six stroke? Oh, actually, let me do like, you know, the five stroke going and then change it with a seven. I'm going, oh, yeah. I hope nobody ever asked me that. No, right. Exactly. And if they, if they do, I'll go, sure, no problem. 
no problem. Here we go. <laughs> well, I, I always tell everybody I've ever played with it, like, as long as it's in 4-4, four, four, or maybe 3-4, you know, I could do a bit of waltz. Yeah, yeah, 3-4, nice. We're, we're fine, you know. Yeah. But basically, I'm just going to turn it into 4-4, four, four, whatever you do anyway. So, um, yeah. I think the, rud- the rudiments we made up were really to do with the bands we were in. It sounds a bit conceited, but we That's were true. lucky in, in the sense that we – we were not trying to be anybody else. We were not really influenced by necessarily other drummers who could, mm. I, you know, I was as much inspired by, I don't know, reggae drumming from Jamaica, which, you know, as far as I can hear, doesn't have a lot of um, cross flam paradiddles going on. You know, there's a lot of side stick mm. and a lot of putting bass drum and snare drum in, in places you wouldn't hear in rock and roll. Mm. And so uh, I, I think I'm pleased to say that my rudimentary skills are not from one place, and they're certainly not from the marching band system or jazz, jazz uh, rudiments that seem to dominate uh, a lot of our predecessors, certainly in America and, and quite a few in, in the British mm. um, system as well. Uh I think it, 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 there are limitations sometimes, but it's never really, never really felt like a limitation. It's always been a challenge when I didn't have those rudiments to hand. Right. Um, but I liked the challenge of making something up. Uh, you know, I never wanted to be Buddy Rich. I'm afraid. I think he had the wrong haircut. Well, also according to most people, he, he wasn't a very. Um very nice man. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, you know, I just, I just get that every time I watch a clip, <laughs> even when he's happy and smiling and he's with yeah. Animal, he yeah. looked like he was trying to out drum Animal. Yeah. And nobody out drums Animal. No. Nobody. No. <laughs> Not even me and you, Lol. <laughs> so I hope that's answered your uh, your question, Eddie. Well, it's finished me off. <laughs> I just have to think of animal. I thought yeah, I may as well yeah. give up. Yeah, I mean, I suppose for me, the bottom line is is I learned what I had to learn to play what I wanted to play, and then I made up the rest. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. All right. So Chadwick moving Sells, quickly on. Moving quickly on. Chadwick Sells, <laughs> our old friend, the only person so far who's ever been on Curious Questions twice. Oh, my goodness. Right. says, thanks for the answers on the podcast. You're welcome, Chadwick. My friends and I got a huge chuckle out of you saying I had a cool name. Chad- <laughs> Can we call him Chad? Chad, yeah. Yeah. Sorry that my question wasn't written better. What I was alluding to is in the Japanese Whispers compilation, I had such a huge shift in sound, but I wrote, where was your head at? Instead of, was your mindset, hey, Fuck it, let's have fun and be weird and poppy. Or were you actually trying to write hooks, hits? To me, it sounds like you were just having fun. Head and Door is still my favorite era, so I'm glad you continue with the hooks. Also, on future episodes, uh, anytime you think of a part that you contributed, or lyrics or parts, please let us know. I think people would love to hear the stories. I will always think of your response every time I hear Upstairs Rooms. Thank you. Um, if you're ever in Austin... Be happy to make great suggestions on delicious places to eat. Be well, and thanks for the podcast. <laughs> Love to you and Bargy Chadwick. Well, 
that was not really much of a question there, except like, no, you know, no, where, 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 was where these, let's get down to Austin. That's what I say. Yeah. Let's get down to Austin. There's there. You're right. There are some great places to eat. And I, and I love Austin. Uh, I actually prefer Austin when the music festival's not on because it's a bit insane. Austin's the place with the bat bridge. Yes. The bat bridge. That's it. And, and, and strangely enough, although I'm probably going to get some, yeah grief for this strange enough has the best ramen place i think i've eaten in the whole of the sudden anything that could i can give you uh, there's a place on piccadilly in manchester i came across recently yeah maybe not as exotic as austin texas but my they do a good ramen Oh, that's good. I'll um go but old surfers i think hail from there gibby our old yeah. friend gibby haynes yeah um now there's a few stories i could tell but i won't not right now <laughs> My children are probably listening in, and I yes, won't. You don't need to. But do maybe, that. maybe, maybe I'll keep that for the book. Um, yeah. So Chadwick, uh, thank you for uh, just re- restating the the last questions, and uh, nice to hear from you again. Yes, very nice. Okay, I have a question here now from Leon Reason. He says, "Hi, Lolan Budgie. My name's Leon." And I'm a 23-year-old from Liverpool. Hey! I'm, I'm an enormous fan of you both, of you and your music. It's brought me continuous joy over the years, and the podcast is truly a dream come true. Keep up the amazing work. Very nice. He said, in light of the most recent episode, which I adored as a scouser, uh, my question is for Budgie. Budgie, do you remember Liverpool post-punk new wave bands, Glass Torpedoes, and X Post Facto? Oh. Ah. they were active in the early Eric scene around the same time as you did a couple of peel sessions around the same time as the Kieran Banshees. And then here's the kicker. <laughs> My dad, Paul Rio reason was the guitarist in both. And he remembers you from those days. <laughs> oh, is this, this could be rather difficult rather putting me on the spot here. Uh, Leon. Yeah. You're putting me on the spot there. La. Hey, uh, <laughs> Because I, le- I, I left, I left really a lot more. I, well, Will said it, didn't he? Will, yeah. Will put it into perspective for me. Yeah. Budgie, when you left, we all noticed you'd left. I thought, oh. Yeah, you'd gone. We can't go on. Budgie's gone. Yeah. I was really touched. I was really, because my, you know, Big in Japan was only around for seven and eight months or something of right. a 12, of, of a year. And that year was 76, if I'm going to, yeah. 77, sorry. No, 77, 78. Because by 79, I was definitely in London. Right. And a lot of bands came up like Echo and the Bunnymen, Teardrop Explodes, Orchestral Maneuvers, Dead or Alive. They, they all, and Pete Wiley, you know, with a mighty, well, they all came after right. I'd left. So, yeah. So I would. I knew those bands because I knew the people who started them before right. they started those bands. Right. You know, I used to hang out with McCall and Julian, and right. um, you know, th- that was the gang. But always starting different bands. There were so many bands starting. Most of them didn't even play anywhere. I was in one that never played. We only we were only a t-shirt. You know, we didn't even have a face of anybody in the band. We had. Jane Casey, who is like more well known, that was the biggest. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So, we just put somebody fa- more famous than us on the thing yeah, so that we. You could have put jo- like George Best on a t shirt called yeah. the band. Yeah. 
the best. Bestie. Yeah. Yeah. So there's another question that sort of seagoes into that in a really weird way because, uh, you know, I am hoping that this is, you know, a way of us getting out of answering the question that, you know, maybe I remember <laughs> your your dad and maybe I don't. And I probably. Of course I remember his dad. Of course I remember his dad. Of course. What was his name again? Yeah. Paul. Yeah. Rio Reason. Rio Reason was his name. That was his nickname. That was his punk name. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Thomas Keddy says, hello, gents. Love the podcast and discussion. Thanks. Well, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Question for Budgie. I noticed you appearing in the REM by MTV documentary during the studio performance by the band near the end. I suspect that you were friendly with and a guest of drummer Bill Reifkin, who sadly died two years ago. Uh, can I recall having read that Bill referred to you as one of his favorite drummers, a sentiment I can absolutely relate to. Me too. Uh, can you talk a bit about Bill and your relationship? And then there's a follow-up after this, so I'll leave that until you. Oh, R.E.M. Were, uh, came to Berlin, and I, I was here, and they did, They were recording, I think, probably one that probably become their last album. And they did, they did a playback. And I was invited over because Bill Reeflin was was the drummer at the time. And Bill and I had become friends. Bill, his hometown was Seattle, up on the northwest northwest coast there. Mm. And okay. and all these things, and I'd never really met Bill, but I always met this gentleman every time I went through Seattle, especially when the Creatures played there. And we used to play this little place, not the wouldn't be a big place like the the Banshees would have played. Right. Um, Bill was. I always thought he was a friend of our manager as well, which he probably probably was. was. And, yeah. But we sat there for like an hour, two hours before the show or after yeah. the show, not really getting drunk or anything, just just chesty. talking. And not even maybe about music, but just talking. He was just such a, a gentleman. And we really got to know each other much better. He came to here to Berlin and, you know, all the changes that had happened. And Bill was coming right. through with King Crimson, of all people. Yes. Yes, I remember that part. Because he was working closely with um, Robert Fripp and Toya, yeah. Robert's wife. Right. And they had a band, and he'd recorded a couple of albums with them. <sighs> I, I honestly, if there's a one person in this industry who I would say um, I could look up to and say he, he had something that I loved, which was this, the, the, um, he was a gentleman. Yeah. Um, That's going to bring me on to the second part of this question very neatly, actually. Um, hmm. It said, I was so very glad to hear that my most favorite drummers, yourself, Lowell, Boris Williams, stay in touch and are friends. This is something I always hoped was the case, that there was a fraternity of great drummers out there. <laughs> but I thought it might just be a fantasy of mine. So I'm so glad to hear it's true. Wow. You know, it's, you know you're right. You, you're definitely right, Thomas. That, you know, all drummers are friends. That's all you have to remember. Well, mostly, mostly. I mean, I can't think of a drummer I don't like, but... No. That I've met, anyway. That's right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Boris is uh, still, like, yeah. on the on the, on the on the blower each, uh, not, not, not every day, you know. No, no, once in a while. <laughs> once in a while. 
but we do get to chat now and again, so that's good. And um, yeah, and, and the conversation doesn't get, get doesn't get very far away from. Uh, yes. Oh, do you remember? Do you remember those pedals? Yeah, the, the ones that squeaked. Yes. <laughs> so he ends this okay. question with a nice quote, which well, quite a nice thought, which is actually probably a good good place. I don't know to to end today. Today's version of Curious Questions, it says, Okay. Keep up the great work with this podcast. Thank you. Your conversations and insights are invaluable during these somewhat dark times. Thank you, Tom. Ah. That's nice. I was just playing that thing from the Double White album in my head. Yes. Now's the time to say goodnight. Yeah, we could hear it. We could hear it from your head. We were hearing Good night, it. sleep tight. Yeah, it's yes. very lovely, lovely, uh, lovely thought. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to, I have to listen back to that one again because I was singing at the time. Yeah, no, it's good. It sounded good. It sounded great. <laughs> just let's say, just say thank everybody for the questions. Yes. Keep them coming in because it's um, it just kind of gets us to places that <laughs> most interviewers don't get us. Well, yeah, yeah, we we find out something different every time we do this. See you soon. See you soon. Bye-bye. Curious Creatures is created and presented by Lol Tolhurst and Budgie. Producer, Joe Wong. Producer and audio designer, Dan Didier. Executive producer, Mark Cates. Associate producer, Sophie Wilde. Digital marketing, Margie Taylor. Art and logo design, Justin Thomas K. Music production, Jackknife Lee. Curious Creatures is on the web, and you can access us at www.curiouscreaturespodcast.com. And you can reach us on Instagram and Facebook at Curious Creatures Official, Twitter at Cure Creatures. To find more of the best music podcasts, visit doubleelvis.com or follow at doubleelvis on Instagram or at doubleelvis on Twitter. Curious Creatures is a production of LXB LLC 2022.